The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant, 7 to 10 a.m. Five minutes past nine. So before we go into our guest presenter, which is what we usually do here on a Sunday, I just want to recap that second hour. There were a couple of things that came out which were just absolutely glorious. And I'd like to read a WhatsApp that talks to the concept of paying forward in a really major way. First of all, we want to look at uh, what did we talk about? Well, we had that amazing breath of fresh air, that youngster talking to us about her work as an activist with regards to xenophobia and also uh, gender-based violence. And she is a student at Sacred Heart College and on one of those active citizen scholarships. It was a really inspiring conversation. Then, total inspiration, leaving me silenced. It's hard to do that. Sipokazi Jonas, the poet, uh, really beautiful, beautiful piece that she read to us, but talking to us about the language of poetry and the language of society. And indeed, language is what we're going to go into with our guest uh, a little later. We uh, certainly were drawn into inspiration. And I quoted Haruki Murakami and Cedric Sissing uh, sent me a message to say, who were you talking about? So just to let you know, Haruki Murakami is a Japanese author. He, his name is spelled H-A-R-U-K-I, Haruki. And his surname is Murakami, M-U-R-A-K-A-M-I, Murakami. And one of the great books, he's written many, many great books, but uh, one of the great books he wrote was uh, Things I think about when I'm running. I, I may have the title slightly mixed up, but if you are interested in running, but you're also interested in writing, then this is a man to follow. We also spoke to Sipindile Tlongwa, who is the curator of Poetry Africa, and we chatted to, well, she, we didn't speak to her directly, but we chatted to, she left us a voice message telling us what Poetry Africa would be about, and then we found out about the wonderful book capital at uh, 27 boxes. Just the place to go and get new books, books which speak to what it means to be African, books which speak to our heritage. Go and check that out. We spoke to Siwela Langeni, who is the co-owner of the book Circle Capital. So I just want to quickly read a WhatsApp. We were talking all the way through this morning about teachers and the role that teachers play and how teachers may do things and you don't even often realize what they're doing. So... Uh, Becky Guane sent this message saying, There was a special teacher who impacted immensely in my life, Mrs. Ngobezi at Botleng Secondary. Coming from an extremely poor background, she had a subtle way of giving me tuck money. She would give us tests and say that the person who gets the highest mark gets money. By then, in the 1980s, 20 rand would last a whole month. I took the monies and some classmates called her my mother. I only understood when I started working what was happening. I searched for her to say thank you. I didn't understand then, but now I understand. This has enhanced my comfort in giving because I am a product of such a generous favor. It made sense that it does take a village to raise a child, and I will forever be grateful to her. I love her dearly. That's Becky Ngwane. And it does make you think about the different ways teachers have been required to support their students and have gone beyond the call of duty in supporting their students. And Becky, when you talk about your own levels of generosity, there is no doubt 
that with regards to this, your teacher, Mrs. Ngobezi, was teaching you about the concept of paying it forward. It's 10 past nine, and this is going to be the first track of our guest presenter. Thirteen past nine, and that's the choice of our guest presenter. It's also the choice of Phineas. He loves that track for sure. Vusi Nova and Aspelele Lange featuring Jessica Mbangeni. So who is our guest today? Well, she is the jury president of the Pendurings 2021. What are the Pendurings 2021? We're going to talk about them in a moment. We're also going to find out what the word Mzanziglot means. Are you an Mzanziglot? Our guest is also the executive director of a company called Mediology. She's an experienced businesswoman who has a, a skill of working in marketing and advertising, also integrated marketing as well. We're going to try and understand what that exactly means. She is Boniswa Pizizer. Boniswa, what a delight to have you here on the show. Oh, Michelle, what a delight to be on your <laughs> show. What an opportunity. What a ride. Okay, and also starting with Wusinova. For me, the, the song is about the ancestry of pop culture. I love this song. <laughs> so talk to us. Yes, that's a great, um, it's a great way to start because, as you know, we always ask our presenter, okay, why have you chosen that particular song? And I'd love to know from you, when you say the ancestry of pop culture, what do you mean by that? Uh, you, you know, culture and language evolve. And music and language and art are those things that actually push us further. So when Boosie came up with this song for me, I was like, there's a young man who gets it because for them to be where they are and for all of us to be where we are, these cultural icons, these musicians yes. actually pave the way for us and they light the torch in, in, in the dark. You know, when, when you're in a dark space, music yeah. sometimes is that thing that lifts you up, right? Art is that thing that lifts you up. Or that takes you in a trajectory of a new thinking or a dimension of thought. So I love this song. It's everything to me. So it was quite interesting. I'm glad we're not on Zoom because I was dancing my heart out. We wish wish you were on Zoom so that we could then tweet (laughs) it out to the world and say, get up and move. So, Bonisa, it's interesting that you say, you know, music, the role of music. And in fact, a little earlier, we had an 89-year-old call us to say that uh, music she absolutely loves. She loves reading as well, but the joy of music. Music, yes. I want to take you back a little bit, and I'm being a little cheeky, but I want to take you back (laughs) to your school days, because we've been talking this morning a lot around what it is that teachers offer us. Um, and, you know, p- teachers can be anything. They can be someone that you work with. They become your mentor and your teacher. I mean, I recently heard yeah. someone saying um, that someone he was working with who was actually a sponsor in the project that he did was the most extraordinary teacher. And I thought, what a wonderful thing to say that even at your age, you can say, well, I'm 40, but the person that I'm working with is teaching me so much. Mm. It's, 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 it's just such a wonderful thing. But take us back to your school days and tell us who was the teacher that, and maybe it was more than one, that just made you go, 
Boniswa, I can rock this life if I want to. There are so many, Michelle. Okay, and in fact, I'm going to answer a question, but I want to just set a stage the way I see teaching. Mm. So teaching for me is every moment. This moment is a teaching moment, yeah. okay? And as broadcasters, uh, never underestimate the role and the power you play in informing the nation, in growing the nation, in developing the nation. So I get taught by my 17-year-old son. I got taught by him when he was just a little blob in my <laughs> hand. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, because they, they teach you a lot. They taught me patience. That's yeah. one thing I never had. A- a- and they taught me that. And it, so, so the teaching is everywhere. However, when we talk about teachers, um, it's junior top of mind, and it's because he's top of mind. At junior secondary school, we had those things during Bantu education. Our headmaster was Mr. Clarence Mlogoti, and he taught us biology. But this man was, the language of English was everything for him. So he would address assembly three times a week, in English, and here was little things from the township listening, and he would give us all the programs that he could, that could just form us, okay? Yeah. Time waste for no man. Okay, time waste for no man. And time lost is, does never return. Those things are very important to me, and I know this time is never coming back. Yeah. This is a holy moment for me or a holy instant. <laughs> and as I get older... I actually realized to revel and enjoy every moment because you know what? It's gone and it's the most expensive uh, asset I have. As I grow older and I'm going, this is the most expensive. I can contribute money. I can do everything. And those are just things. But if I give you my time, sit and listen to you and dedicate the time to you, please make it enrich me with that time. Make it worthy. So, and I guess this is a great moment because this is broadcasting. So as a broadcaster, you would know that because when you prepare, you want every second of your broadcast to have a meaningful connection with someone. So for me, that that lesson from the late Clarence Mlogosi will, it goes with me everywhere I go. I give it to my children. And he taught us about consequences. So, in fact, that's the first thing I taught my children. For every choice, for every action, for everything you do, there's a consequence. And, 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 and so, in the house, we didn't have punishment, we had consequences. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go to your room. This is a consequence. <laughs> it, no, I'm going to give you a consequence. And, and I'm because that's what it's about. And also, he taught us this powerful thing that the word no is a, is a word, is a sentence, it's a paragraph, and sometimes it's a full book. When mm. someone says no, stop and dig deep and listen. Yeah. And so it's quite interesting. Those I don't have many rules in my house bringing up my children. I took those because they meant a lot, and I think they did form who I am. So when I say no to someone, and I thought about <laughs> it long and hard, I mean it. Don't push your life. <laughs> and, 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 and if I say no, I can't do it. Please respect, respect I can't do that. It, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Boniswa, we're talking of time. We do have to cross over to a break. <laughs> uh, we have to get that out of the way. When we come back, we're going to go into your second song and we'll come out of that and talk a little bit about that, but also move forward to this idea of uh, language and what it means to speak a diversity of languages as you do. Manga Groove in another country, and it's the choice of our guest, Borniswa Paziza. She is the Penduring Jury President. She is also the Executive Director of Mediology. She's a just general ball of fire, as you heard uh, a little earlier. And she's on the line with us right now. Borniswa, it's an interesting choice of song, and it, it whilst it harks back, in many ways it kind of harks forward as well for something mm -hmm. that all South Africans would really like. Yeah. Michelle, if you remember, this song was composed and came into our, our airwaves in the 80s. Yeah. So it was still it was just South Africa, but it was one of the most positive songs because you could see and feel the future. Yeah. And, 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 and isn't the future a constant thing and it constantly moves? Yeah. So, and that's what I love about it because, yes, don't forget the past, but focus on building a better future and a better tomorrow. And this is such a better country. So, um, I, I'm a true South African. I still hold hope that we have everything in us to inspire the world in a way of doing new things. I truly believe that. And when you just see South Africans toiling and doing their thing every day, it inspires me. And the song does encapsulate everything about our country, our history, and the future that's ahead of us. So if you had to look at uh, another country that we would like, how do you believe we unlock the doors to that? What do you think some of the things are? that should be done. Obviously, there's voting, there are elections, there are those kinds of activities. But what about individual activities as well? What are the things that guide you in the unlocking of doors? You, you know, it starts with myself, right? Yeah. If I have respect for who I am it is, and, and have respect for the next person and respect what they're about and focus on mutuality and building a beneficial, everything that I do should be about benefiting me and the next person or all of us. Yeah. A and if our politicians could just adopt that. Yeah. And us adopting that to go, the people we choose and we put in power, they have, be, they have to be about oneness of South Africa and oneness of us in our place in the world. We could go forward. Do you believe that uh, the role of marketing and advertising is critical as we move forward in that process? It's, it's, this is our time, Michelle. You, you, know, love, you, know, you know, every period and every season has its language. Yeah. So there are a few languages that came with COVID. One is social distancing, which I am going to be honest, I don't like because it should be about physical distancing, not I agree. social distancing. Yep. Okay. So I've changed it and I always talk about physical distancing rather than social distancing. That's bad. Yeah. But the, 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 the other part of, of the language that came in with, with, with the season of COVID is, is the fact that 
this is not about me only. It's about the rest of the world. So when I do anything, I have to think deep and hard and go, this is for all of us. Yeah. And yeah. therefore, oneness for me has become the biggest thing that came out of this season of COVID. And so one of those languages, that one of those words that came in, they were the frontliners, okay? The yes. Ladies, those people who put their hearts, their, their, their lives out there for you and I. However, I do think marketers and creators are the second liners because we need to stimulate inspiration. We need to stimulate the economy, we need to stimulate everything and mobilize and inspire. So for me, we are the second liners, and that's our role. It's 9.30. We're talking to Boniswa Paziza. I love this idea of uh, it is not just social distancing. It should be physical distancing. Yes, we have to distance physically, but that doesn't mean that our connections with one another are broken. 9.30, she's in the studio. Zai. 9.35. It's a Sunday morning and we have our guest presenter, Boniswa Paziza, on the line. Boniswa, you are the jury president of the Pendurings and I find the Pendurings an interesting platform in terms of the fact that they really do celebrate the diverse richness of South Africa's content through all its indigenous languages. Uh, I'm interested to, to note that it's endorsed by UNESCO, the United Nations Educational, mm. Scientific mm. and Cultural Organization. I mean, that's huge kudos, I imagine, to be working under those auspices as well. Language, I, I think we, we tend to underestimate the importance of language, and I love that UNESCO has taken interest in, in, in what we do because this is not about preserving language, it's about conserving it. Mm. and really taking it forward. And uh, so, as you say, it is absolute kudos. It is absolute respect. And we as creators uh, in the creative industry, we understand the importance of connecting with consumers in their language. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, yeah, these awards are one of the most important awards in our in our industry. So the Penduring Etunjwa Keholad adjudication is now completed and uh, you are going to announce the finalists uh, this coming Friday. I was wondering, mm-hmm. as a jury president, what kind of things did you feel that you were looking for and the complexity of dealing with material in all sorts of different languages uh, with all sorts of different judges? I, I was looking for concepts that are rooted because language is part of culture, that are mm. rooted in the culture and, and, and concepts that pushes the envelope in the culture. You, you know, in, in South Africa, we have, we can speak without speaking. Mm. So if you said something to me that I said me and I just go, mm, okay, that sound that I make is a paragraph on its own. Yeah. And, and what was phenomenal this year the, the, the creative team and the writers dug deep into that and pushing the language that far. We had a spot that only used only those uh, signals and, 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 and symbols in, in the language. And we all got it, though, because as, as Africans, you know, when, when I say that, or I go, you know exactly mm. what I mean. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You so, know. So, so, so they pushed us to another language, right? 
So, so within eleven languages, one is born. I yeah, guess. there is that. I mean, the hashtag Speak South African is 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 absolutely appropriate, given you know it's what you were saying a little earlier. Um, if something is nah, then we know it's beautiful. But I'm thinking even of you know if you were well, why did you do that? And then the person responded, well, Justin Jay. It's yes. it's it's <laughs> we can we can we have these. I suppose the only way to call them is South Africanisms. Mm. Were you looking for those when you were doing the judging? Wait, South Africanism is embedded in most of the things that we're looking for, but I was looking for the unique use of language and culture in telling a commercial story. Yeah. Because when you begin to take a commercial object and wrap it around culture, language, and the richness of that is phenomenal because it gets my grandma to resonate with a cell phone. Yeah. And that's what was really amazing. We haven't announced our finalists, but there are campaigns where they just use those, you know, your Justin J. Mm. There's a campaign that basically used that kind of speak because I'm, I'm scared I'm going to give it all out. So I'm, I'm really watching my words here. <laughs> that uses that in terms of how we direct one another, okay? Yeah. Um, when we direct people, how we move, it, 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 is, it, it blew my mind to go, someone has been sitting and observing this nation speak and engage and do stuff and took all of that observation and created insight to sell a brand and a product. I mean, is there not a way that one could use language and should be using language to sell more than just a brand, but to sell something which is powerful and potent in terms of, I mean, I'm thinking brand South Africa. Oh, Michelle, Michelle language can, can be used to to inspire, yeah. to mobilize, to engage, to inform, and, and to just bring people together. And so you're right. It is amazing that we actually don't do that. I guess because Brand South Africa is so big and it's about each and every one of us. Yeah. It needs to be reviewed and say, how do we get Brand South Africa to really shine and and and, and really beat in each and every one of our hearts in mm. the truest sense of the word? So your question is quite a deep question. I don't think I can answer it glibly here on, on this call. And I'm, I'm not saying this, this call is glib. Mm. No, I hear what you're saying. Your yeah. question is, very, is an insightful question. And I hope Brand South Africa are listening because you've just asked a big strategic question that needs to be answered by Brand South Africa to get you, me, my grandma, and the modern C child and the private school child to really feel Brand South Africa in their heart I keep, in, or in everything that they do. I keep thinking of that excellent campaign that took place a few years ago, and I think it was Sweden, I stand to be corrected, where they were marketing their country and there was a special phone number that you could call and the phone number would direct you to all sorts of different um, Swedish people just uh, you me the man and the woman on the street and they yes, then became the students. ambassador and the campaigner yeah. for their country yeah. and we actually yeah. did it on the show and phoned a few people <laughs> and it was just 
brilliant, you know, like there would be uh, Ingevolt or whatever who was uh, busy in her kitchen cooking reindeer horns or I don't know what she was doing. And like then she would have a whole conversation with us. It was truly, truly wonderful. Bernice, yeah. your, your first guest is Eben Kun, who is the general manager of the Penduring Awards, Etunjua Ke Holad. And uh, we have Eben on the line. Eben, thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Bonisa. How delightful to listen to you talking about all of our languages. (laughs) I want to to talk to both of you. Um, 2022 starts the UNESCO Decade of Indigenous Languages. And uh, this will be obviously part of a lobby and a campaign with regards to the Penduring. But let's... Let's try and understand what that actually means when UNESCO says it's going to be a decade of indigenous languages. What are the hopes that we can start to make happen? I mean, one of them would be let Sia Kaluma as many different languages as possible and Mm. try to do as many different things. Eben, I'll start with you. Michelle, I think UNESCO recognizes that we're not unique in South Africa with this issue of forgetting about our indigenous languages. And I, you guys were talking just now about language and brands. I want to take it one step further and say that language is inextricably linked to our identity as South Africans. Mm. And in this globalizing world of ours, um, we, we, we're forgetting these things. Kids are growing up without being able to speak their mother tongues. And that goes hand in hand with extremely low levels of reading. Scientists tell us that, that kids must first learn to read in their indigenous language, in their own language, on their mother tongue, and then we can move to English much easier. Um, so I think the, the, the decade of indigenous languages is about having the very important discussions about what role does indigenous languages and mother tongue um, play in our society. And in South Africa, we're really grappling with that. But luckily, we've got a lot of energy to, to, um, to find the light on this. And, ask corporate South Africa to help us think through this and ask sponsors like Hola to, to help us think through this and Pan Solve and people like that have come to Pendering and said we want to partner with you and ask these questions and have these discussions about how we can how we can really give languages the role they deserve in our identity and celebrating our identity as South Africa and taking brand South Africa forward with the help of our languages. Do you think that uh, in doing that you would not only take South Africa forward for South Africans, but you might take us forward, and I'll put this to you, Boniswa, as a marketer, you might take it forward for international interest in the country as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, Michelle, we have, because language is bigger than just the words we speak, right? Yeah. So if you remember the movie Shaka Zulu, wasn't that a world phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. That was a story. That was our story. So language is also part, as, as Gavin said, is part of our language. It is the story. So I think what has happened in the race to the global, the world focused on that universal language, which was English, very good enough. But now for each country to really stand for something and go beyond and, and take its rightful place in the world, culture, language has to be part of that and let's bring it to, let's bring this concoction an eclectic uh, kaleidoscope of who we are as the people of the world um, and, and begin to really, really deeply learn one another. Um, I think it's Nelson Mandela who said, if you really want to connect with a person, speak to them in their language. Yeah. And because you connect deeply, you connect to their roots. Um, and, and that's what really, for us being part of, the, of, of, of UNESCO, is helping us to do and get our language, our culture, our being forward. 
you've got this brilliant campaign starting, and, and this was one of the things that really excited us. I mean, it's just a great idea, the Mzanzi Glots campaign. Search for the Mzanzi Glots. First uh, of all... A polyglot, a polyglot <laughs> if I in may, Michelle, yeah. is, um, just to explain that, a polyglot is somebody who speaks lots of languages anywhere in the world. But in South Africa, we say that uh, in Zanzi, if you're in polyglot, mm. then you're actually a Mzanzi glot. So, I mean, we, we, we know that there's some famous Mzanzi glots out there, like Trevor Noah is probably the most famous of them. Yeah. And we're looking mm. for more people in society. So this year, Pendering is going a little bit. We're making the circle bigger and asking everyday South Africans who speaks lots of languages to send us a WhatsApp um, voice note, and they can win 40,000 rand um, mm. if you are the Mzanzi glot that we identify through this search. Because we recognize that the marketing industry can't do this alone. Um, yeah. General South Africans need to get involved. Um, okay, the, so the, so let's just figure this out now. So you're saying that I would go Nyingu Michel and ek is baie je no, and je suis très gelukkig so now, right am I on the right track? So if I send you, you a video going, you Michelle, you know that there's uh, a touch of Zulu. Yeah. Justin Je, uh, or Kodwa, no, Kodwa, Kodwa Ingi Koluma, uh, English, Francais. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, I think you should realize that a few more times you do have time, <laughs> you put it into a WhatsApp one-minute call to us. <laughs> Sorry, a WhatsApp, WhatsApp video to us. We want to see your face while doing <laughs> But it is quite a nice challenge to, to prove that you're a Mzanzi glot and speak South African. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the beauty about Mzanzi glot is yeah. it already exists in the township, okay, and in many South African homes. So I come from a, a home as well as brought up. I went to school in Transkei. My other sister was in Swaziland. The other one was in Natal. The other one was in Lesotho. Can, can you imagine the yeah. conversation in that house? Yeah. It, it was eclectic <laughs> and we all understood each other. And there's a lot of that because also your neighbor is Zulu. The other one is Mutwana. The other is Shangan. And so that is already in our culture, and we're just asking people to just put it, bring it to the fore. So, are you asking them to to create a couple of sentences, but speak them in different languages altogether, or could I do one language in one language, one sentence in a language, a sentence in a language? Et We're asking you to use your creativity to prove to us that you speak South African language <laughs> in one minute. <laughs> So it's a little bit of a you've got poetic license in how you want to present it to us. Can can I use the um, creative language of dance and I can Michelle, use? We're not going to disqualify you. One <laughs> year, you speak South African indigenous languages first and foremost, but if you speak sign language, that's a very interesting one. Yeah. South African sign language, of course, is also now um, slowly being recognised as one of our national languages. And, and just to um, let you know, there's a fantastic app for anybody who wants sign language as part of their uh, Mzanzi Glot uh, aspirations. It's called Definition. And you can just go online, check it out. It's brilliant. Basically, what it does is you, you have the greetings. So it will tell you what the greeting is. And yeah. it will tell you how to do it in sign language. So every now wow. and again, so if you, how are you? It is like a, 
it's like you stroke your boobs and then you do thumbs up afterwards. So it's really quite fantastic. And uh, anybody who wants to, to, to learn a little bit more in their life, Definition, the app is brilliant. D-E-A-F-I-N-I-T-I-O-N. Guys, um, if people want to participate in this, um, and we would like to broadcast some of them on our show, for sure, without oh, a doubt. We definitely we'll, have to hear people. We'll definitely thank give it you. to you. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Um, okay, we've got a minute before we go to a break, but how do they, how do they participate in that? Michelle, we've, we've just put out a tweet. Um, I think, think your colleague will also retweet that, where yeah. there's the number that they need to WhatsApp this to. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then they basically just need to record a video of themselves. It's one minute long, um, and they WhatsApp it to the number, and that's all they need to do to enter. Do you have the number at the tip of your fingertips? Because I do. Okay, go for it. One second, I'll tell you what that number is. So I'm just switching on my device here. Um, so if they want to, to enter, what you need to do is you need to WhatsApp the one-minute video to the number 063-082-6266. I'm going to say it again, 063-082-6266. And you stand a chance of winning 40,000 grand. Um, entries close on the 24th of October. And there are October. most South Africans who will speak easily six or seven languages. So yeah. if you are one of those people, you've just got that number, uh, we'll put it out again just before the end of the show because I love this idea. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll chat to Bonisa and Eben further. First with Michelle Constant. An absolutely delightful conversation around language. We've got our guest, Boniswa Paziza, who is the Penduring Jury President. We've also got her guest, Eben Kun, the General Manager of the Penduring Awards, Etundra Kaya-Hollard. And now joining us is the artist Lady Scully, also known as Laura Vinfogel Molifi. But we'll just talk about Lady Scully. Lady Scully, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Michelle, and hi to the listeners. So for those of our listeners who don't know you, there's one way that they would know you, is every time they whip out that five-rand coin, <laughs> they like, they're actually paying credit and tribute to you, or you are paying credit and tribute to them. Tell us about yeah. the coin. Um, I like to call the coin uh, my biggest public artwork, you know. <laughs> it came to me by accident, um, and I think that's what's so funny about even my artistic career is that these big things happen, and I look back and I go, oh my gosh. But yeah, um, the SM Mint, we made about a million of those units of the five rand, um, and I put like the Bushman on it, because that's my heritage, um, it's where I'm from, it's how I feel, um, and it was just beautiful. It kind of just represented a whole bunch of people in the queue, which yeah. is very symbolic of South Africa, you know? No matter what you are, middle class, upper class, poor, rich, Big, yeah. black, white, doesn't matter. Like, you're always going to be stuck in some queue. It was a massive campaign uh, to celebrate our constitution, if I remember correctly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It symbolized um, the first uh, democratic voting polls. Remember those beautiful serpentine lines <laughs> that people were taking pictures yeah. um, from above, you know? Yeah. Um, that's really what it symbolized, but amongst other things. You know, you've just you've just struck a chord with me when I think about those lines and what those serpentine, as you say, those snake-like lines could really mean in so many different artworks. Very briefly, before we go on to um, a general shout-out to all of you, you have got an yeah. exhibition currently taking place, a prediction. Give us a bit of an insight yeah. as to what people can find and see when they get through there. 
For sure. It's called A Prediction by Lady Scully. Yeah. And it's just kind of a commentary on um, us always trying to, I guess, tell the future. It's also a comment on intercultural exchanges between Bushmen and Setswana-speaking people in terms of divination and how we taught each other different things um, during colonial times. Um, the show's at Circa, um, and it's on until the 15th of October, and I'm doing another walkabout on Saturday the 9th. Um, so I'm quite excited. It's just been a great, it's been a great show. It's just my large-scale works with my crayon and my ink on Fabriano, but it's another show, so it's a great so, thing. Lady Scully, one of the, th- I mean, you, you, you're provocative when you use the term Bushman, um, and um, I would be delighted if you could explain why mm. you choose to use that term. I think because in my little living memory, I just turned 34 yesterday. I'm not even that Happy old. birthday! Thank you. Yeah, Happy birthday. <laughs> but I think as um, brown people and as someone who's of a very complicated descent, which is being so-called colored or, you know, mm. I remember the term Bushman being used as a diss or a way to make you feel small about your heritage. Mm. Yeah. And so I guess even with the word like scully, you know, which is also just an indicator of people trying to point out that you're somewhere you're not supposed to be, you know. Um, I think in that way, I think it's a reclamation of the word, even with Bushmen. I mean, I would want to call myself Koi or San or Khrikwa or Kuku or Tam, but at the end of the day, um, they did it on purpose to make it that we don't know really where we're from or really what kind of brown you are. And so I think I just kind of want to reclaim that and just call myself a Bushman, because why not? So, you know, it, it, we don't have much time left, and I think I'm going to put this question to all of you. You've, you've kind of circled it very beautifully, Laura, and I want to say thank you very much for that, is that it sure. comes back to what we've been talking about in the last 50-odd minutes, is the power of language to either unite or to break down. And Definitely. that is the journey that I think all of us are on. Um, Lady Scully, Laura, I'd love you to very briefly say how you think you're addressing that question mark or power in the work that you do. I think um, I've told, told this to lots of people, but Afrikaans, I call it my problematic phase, you know. <laughs> it's a thing that was definitely developed by enslaved people in a way to overcome oppression or in a way to communicate with each other easier. And then we kind of went through this phase where Afrikaans was put through a whole bunch of PR to make it feel like it wasn't a a language developed by enslaved people. And it was also made to be a language that was used to oppress other people, you know? And so it kind of made this divide. Yeah. And I think with me, my mother's Afrikaans teacher, and I, I love Afrikaans, and I think it's so beautiful and it's so sad. But I think every day we learn more about our history and learning that this language was brought to us um, as a way of escape, is how I really try to understand the barriers of language and how language can be changed by whoever is telling our story. So if uh, Minister Bladen Zamande is listening, he should certainly listen up as well. Leister. Exactly. Very briefly, Irban, I want to know how you are using language to take the journey forward. And uh, it has to be brief because the closing goes to lovely Boniswa. 
Michelle, we we asking questions rather than telling, because I think there's been too much of telling around mm-hmm. language, and we need yeah. to come together and ask each other, and that's the only way in the next decade that we can change the role that language plays in our identity in South Africa. So we don't know the answers, but we're happy to ask the questions. And Boniswa, I'll close with you. What are you For doing? me, Michelle, it's exactly what Ian is saying. It, it, it's listening and listening with a presence and listening with an open heart. Because when we do, we really get to understand people. We get to connect with people deeply. We get to know one another and begin to build oneness. A wonderful conversation. Boniswa Peziza, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to your guests, Irban and Lady Scully. It uh, is a conversation that deserves to be taken further. And we look forward to hearing those Mzanzi Glot recordings. It's